Hello and welcome to the One Sealed Letter podcast where we explore the legacy of letter writing and bring this beautiful art form into the 21st century. I'm your host, Kay Collier, the voice and warm body behind this podcast, and Catherine Hastings and company, our sponsor. I'm curious to know if you have ever woken up the night after a party and felt a sense of shame or regret. This happens to me pretty much any time I wake up after having gone to a dinner party. I worry maybe I said something wrong or maybe I danced funny or especially with me, I love having in-depth conversations about life and how we've grown and what our goals are and our passions. I ask a lot of deep questions when I'm at dinner parties. And so the next day when I wake up, I pretty much always think, did I say the wrong thing? Did I ask too much in-depth questions? Did I divulge too much? Is, Is that vulnerability that I shared harmful in a way and maybe not even harmful but maybe it's putting me in a bad light or it's making someone else uncomfortable. Brené Brown has the term vulnerability hangover which is that feeling. It's that feeling after we've been really vulnerable that ooh maybe we shouldn't have done that or maybe we shared too much. Sometimes vulnerability hangovers can be accompanied by real hangovers the way that we you know, might have a little too much to drink, our tongue becomes a little bit looser. I find just even for myself, that the atmosphere of a party lends me to relax a little bit, which has me then maybe share more than I in my normal state would share. In the moment, it's interesting because I find that I am more connected to people. And maybe that's Brene Brown's whole point is that through vulnerability, we are more connected to people, but that can be a quite uncomfortable thing. And then, of course, we have all the other types of shame that go along with drinking, even the term the walk of shame uh, for usually I think that's usually college campuses, but it can happen, obviously, well into adulthood as well. But I was really interested in that feeling of shame, particularly the night after a party, and I was thrilled to have found this letter. I'll read the letter before I go into too much detail, but just know that it's a very old letter from China. It's dated from AD 856. I found this letter through Kashgar, which is a site that has a lot of historical documents, but they actually referenced Letters of Note, which is one of my favorite books. And then lo and behold, I found a translation of this letter in that book. So for those of you who have that book, you will find it on page 254. Otherwise, if you don't have this book, I highly recommend it. It's a fascinating read. Okay, here goes the letter. Yesterday, having drunk too much, I was intoxicated as if to pass all bounds, but none of the rude and coarse language I used was uttered in a conscious state. The next morning, after hearing others speak on the subject, I realized what happened, whereupon I was overwhelmed with confusion and ready to sink into the earth with shame. It was due to a vessel of my small capacity being filled for the nonce too full. 
I humbly trust that you, in your wise benevolence, will not condemn me for my transgression. Soon I will come to apologize in person. But meanwhile, I beg to send this written communication for your kind inspection. Leaving much unsaid, I am yours respectfully. Curious about your initial impressions, if you felt like I did, where I go, wow, what a beautifully put together apology letter for that post-party shame, um, particularly one that's related to drinking too much. This person seemed to have obviously written the letter in sobriety because it is so clearly put together and it's so thoughtful. If you had that same feeling that I did, then you might not be as surprised to know that this letter was drafted ahead of time. Why would somebody do that? Why would somebody have this letter and then go out and party and then send it? Well, it didn't quite work that way. This letter came from the city of Don Huang, which was on the Silk Roads. It was at the junction between the northern and western Silk Roads. And it had a pretty large population. It was, even by the second century AD, over you know 75,000 people lived there. And it was a real key supply city for travelers on the Silk Road. People that were coming across the desert would get more supplies there. And then those who were going, you know, coming from the West would resupply there as well. So it really was a hub. And because it was such an important city along the Silk Road, it had all of the major amenities of a city at that time. And by the the ninth century, when this letter was written, the city of Don, um, Don Huang actually had a bureau that specialized in etiquette. And the bureau created this letter and others that dealt with all different types of social situations and transgressions in the city. And so this letter, even though it was drafted ahead of time, it actually wasn't drafted by the person who sent it. This was a letter that multiple people could use after they'd had a night of drinking and embarrassment when they woke up in the morning feeling a horrible shame and wanted to apologize to their host. They didn't need to write a letter because the Bureau of Etiquette had already made these. They could just get a letter from the Bureau, sign it, and then send it to their host as an apology. The Silk Road, uh, well, outside of Don Huang, the city that's on the Silk Road, there are a series of Buddhist temples. This document was found with many other documents in those temples, and there were other form letters that were used for other social situations. This one, though, is just so comical that it's the one that is most known. I don't know what the other social situations were, but they basically were trying to choose the ones that either were the most offensive or most common um, blunders in society, and the Bureau just would have them ready for anyone that was struggling. How funny is that? I, I just think it's hilarious. I also think that as a letter, it is very well written. It's almost poetic. When the 
um, in the letter it says, I was overwhelmed with confusion and ready to sink into the earth with shame. I just get such a sense of that feeling of shame and even the solace of the earth, of sinking into the earth in shame. The piece about the drinking, and it could be part of the translation as well, but it was due to a vessel of my small capacity being filled for the nonce too full. So basically he had a cup and it was too full. He wasn't able to hold it. It's very poetic the way that it's written. I'm curious, have you ever been in a situation where you had vulnerability shame or a shame where you maybe drank too much and needed to apologize? And then did you apologize? I'm thinking back about my life. The only one that I can remember apologizing for was when I just behaved really badly and got in an argument, um, not an argument per se, but a, a, a heated debate about something in college. And I sometimes have the penchant for playing the devil's advocate. And I don't even think I'd been drinking, but I remember having a really heated argument. And then the next day just felt this incredible shame and vulnerability hangover. That's really the only time that I could think of. Um, obviously, there's times where I've made a total ass of myself um, after or when drinking and then the next day have a lot of shame about it, but never gone so far as to apologize or to send a letter. I think some of that might just come from what our societal expectations are. So if you, you know, drink too much, but you don't offend anyone, you don't hurt anything, you don't make a mess of anything, you just act silly. That is within our bounds of propriety for society as it is now and isn't necessarily something that needs to be apologized for. Where clearly in the ninth century in the city of Don um, Huang, they had rules and etiquette that people followed. They had an entire bureau dedicated to etiquette. And so not only was it warranted to send the letter, but it was clear that that was a you know, common mistake and one that was worth apologizing for. This week, I've also been thinking about shame and regret in general. I happened upon an interesting book by Daniel H. Pink called The Power of Regret. For any of you who are interested in self-help books, this one is fascinating, and I recommend checking it out or at least finding a talk that he gives. He's actually given a fair amount of talks about his research he interviewed many people about their regrets in their lives and interviewed people at all different ages. And he found that the regrets fall into four main categories. He labels them as foundation, boldness, moral, and connection. Foundation regrets are ones that relate to stability. So, for example, a very common one is people not saving enough money and looking back in their life and regretting that. Boldness regrets are when people wish they had been bolder. So for instance, in careers, wishing that someone had gone for a certain type of job they were interested in, or they had always dreamed of starting a business and they just didn't do it. And so they have the regret that they weren't bold enough to follow their dreams. Moral regrets are the smallest category of regrets, but they often are the deepest regrets. 
in his research, he found that only about 10% of total regrets fall under moral regrets. He wrote that they, they ache the most and they last the longest. These are regrets where you do something that's against your ethics. So for instance, in my life, I didn't bully people, but I saw kids be made fun of and I didn't do anything about it. And that's a moral regret that I think I'll carry forever, probably. The biggest category of regrets are connection regrets. These are the ones that are related to relationships. So people wishing that they hadn't gone through a particular breakup or they'd handled something differently to improve the connection in a friendship or people regretting that they didn't spend enough time with their children or they didn't spend enough time with their spouse. In Daniel Pink's research, he concluded that regret is an important thing if you can learn from your regrets. Sometimes there are things that we're regretful of that are totally outside of our control But a lot of times there are things that can teach us and help us change our behavior. I'm not sure for this letter exactly which one it would fall under. It could be a moral regret if somebody has a sense of drinking going against their morality. Most likely it's a connection regret in the way that they have offended their host by drinking too much. I sometimes hear people say that they don't have any regrets because that's a waste of life or there's no need to look back, always just look forward. There are examples in Daniel Pink's work where he shows how certain types of regret aren't helpful and in fact can be hurtful. We all do this, reliving some form of regret just over and over in our memory like we're watching some shameful movie. That isn't helpful. He does teach, though, how to approach regret in a way that you really can learn from it. And this you can actually do in a letter. Apology letters would be a little bit different, but I would say if you have some type of regret or shame that you've been holding and you want to get rid of it, you can write a letter and then burn the letter. In Pink's research, he says there's three steps that you need to do. So first is self-disclosure. You need to actually write down all the regrets, and you could do a letter that has all the regrets in it. I would recommend just choosing one or two, probably one of the ones that's more of a moral regret or a connection regret, because in my, my own experience, I find those are the ones that hurt the most. But write a letter and you could write it to yourself or to the regret, whatever feels most comfortable for you. And then you want to have some compassion, really understand that this event just happened and that it's not necessarily anything that you can do about it now, right? Something is in the past. We, at this point, just want to kind of neutralize the emotion around it. So writing how you are compassionate for yourself or gentle with yourself when you're exploring the regret that you're having is kind of the second step. And the third would be to distance yourself from it. I sometimes think about how my self-talk, which has evolved to be much more friendly over the years, but even still the, the standard that I'll hold myself to 
would not be something I would hold others to. And sometimes I'll hear friends, even, even my mom, talk to herself in a way that I would not let anyone talk to her. And I certainly wouldn't call someone a friend um, in the way that um, we often will talk to ourselves. And so the third step is the step of self-distancing. And so I'd say when you're writing a letter, if you're writing a letter to kind of get rid of regret or shame or learn from it, is give advice as if you're giving advice to a friend. And so first in the letter, write out what the regret is, what the shame is, really understand all of it. Write about what you would have done differently, knowing what you know now. Bring in the piece of compassion, understanding that you did the best with what you knew at the time and now you've learned. And then write in the third person. Even you can use your name. So I would say, I would tell Kay dot, 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 if she were in this situation or if my friend came to me with this regret, this is what I would tell them. Make sure that you put it in the third person because when you put it in the third person, you're able to distance yourself from it in a way that brings even more compassion. And then once you feel that you've gotten all of the emotion out, you've kind of relived it, you've understood what you would do, you've really analyzed it, and you've analyzed it from an outside perspective, just as you would for a friend coming to you with this situation. Take the lessons that you have, if there are next steps of things that you want to remedy. So for instance, if you do want to write a real apology letter for something that you did, go ahead and do that. And then you can burn the letter, throw it in your wood stove, just light it on fire, obviously do it in a place that's safe, um, you know, keep it for a campfire, but take the lessons from it. So when you think of it, either if you're ripping it up or burning it, think of that process as a form of transformation. And so in that process, you're getting rid of that emotional charge. Obviously, some charge is probably still going to stay. We're human after all. But with that, you're also taking, this is the lesson in it. This is what I learned. This is how this experience has served me and is serving me going forward. And it's really important that you do this for yourself. The letter that we read today was written by the Bureau of Etiquette. It's not going to have the same effect if you're reflecting on something that you've done in a templated way, right? We want it to be more contemplative versus templated. And so, um, yeah, let me know if you find that helpful. And for a lot of these ideas that I give you, you might say, oh, that's a great idea. I'll do that sometime. I'm running a letter writing challenge that's totally free. Make sure you're signed up for my newsletter. I'll announce the, the challenge via my newsletter. It will be for the first full week in November. So I think it's actually going to start a few days into the month. You'll get a prompt from me every day. There'll be others writing letters. And with it being a challenge, you'll be able to put it in your schedule. We'll have all different types of letters. Some will be really fun. Some will be more cathartic, like a letter where you're um, kind of going through this process and building compassion for yourself. Uh, And then some interesting ones that you maybe haven't heard me talk about yet. So be sure to sign up. And if you liked this episode, please share it. If you tag me on social media, I'll be sure to repost. And then of course, if there are other topics that you want me to cover, please let me know. You can reach me at katherinehastingsco at gmail.com or on Instagram at Catherine Hastings Co.